I said, yo, welcome back to the D-High Podcast. It's your boy, D-High. I'm back again bringing you another episode, you know, talking about the things that I love, the games, the movies, you know, all that is my favorite things in life, man. And it's been a little bit busy for me, man. I've been out just doing my life thing, you know, just out here doing what it do basically man just trying to take care of some family stuff you know me and the fam we're in a house now so you know it's a little different now I had to you know go through and set up how I'm gonna record and things in the house and then you got to figure out okay can I get away from like the ambient noise can I get away from the kids and all that stuff and you know can I cut out the time to do the podcast so that's why I hadn't been around for a while but I'm always going to come back, man, because I love doing the podcast. It's something fun for me. It's something extremely fun for me that I really just I'm into, man. I like being able to put my thoughts on wax and, you know, and kind of share it with everybody. And, you know, I I'm not going to go so far as to say I have fans because I'm nowhere near that type of, you know, you know, podcast or anything like that but I definitely have some people that you know follow what I do and they they look forward to hearing the podcast so you know whether it's one person or whether it's one million people man I'm here to deliver you know and provide some thoughts on just some things that I've either been doing or things that I've taken in so I'm back man and on this episode episode four one I like to title movies and tv galore you know, with a little games tossed in there. So I have been to the movies lately and I got to say this last month, you know, or so has been this time frame has been just dedicated to clowns, man, because I've gotten to see it chapter two and I've gotten to take in the Joker two very different movies but two amazing movies, man. Like I like, you know, I joked with the wife and told her that, you know, if you have a fear of clowns, this is the movies are not your friend right now, you know, especially heading into Halloween and everything like that, because these dudes are everywhere. And I very much assume that Halloween is going to be filled with people dressed as Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and dressed as Pennywise. So if you got a fear of clowns, man, I just stay your ass at home. This is not the time for you to go out and be brave. <laughs> but I went and saw It Chapter 2. Me and the wife went and saw that. We liked the first one a whole lot. So, you know, we bought it. We wanted to go see Chapter 2. So we went to the movies to go check it out. And, man, that thing, it delivered for me. You know, I'm, I don't really get too scared at scary movies nowadays. They don't really bother me the way they did when I was a kid. I, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm sort of desensitized to some scary movies in certain genres. So going to see something like that, like it's like you can feel the jump scares happening on a lot of parts. So it doesn't, it doesn't affect you. But I still have fun going to see them because it gets the adrenaline pumping. It definitely gets the heart rate up. And you know, I love this movie. I felt like, you know, the story where it picked up with, you know, all the kids being adults now and stuff like that. I felt like they every single adult did awesome in their job and, you know, felt like an accurate portrayal of their child selves. You know, 
And then, of course, Bill Skarsgård coming back as Pennywise. I went on, you know, I went on the record and said I feel like his Pennywise is much creepier than Tim Curry's Pennywise from back in the day. His Pennywise is just something to him. I don't know if it's just uh, his mannerisms, his dialogue, you know, that creepy ass like grin slash smile that he does with like the little bit of teeth showing like so damn weird, you know, and I'm not sure if you've seen the movie yet or not, but if you haven't and you're a fan, I would definitely go check it out. If you have a fear of clowns, stay your ass away because this dude will definitely be in your nightmares if you're if you have an issue with clowns. So, I mean, but it was a really good movie. The, you know, the storyline, I like the way it's set up where it's like Mike is the only one who never left town. So, you know, he's the only one who remembers what happened and remembers Pennywise. And so something, you know, the things start happening again. So he reaches out to all the kids, contacts them and tells them, hey, you got to come back. We made a promise that, you know, that if this thing was still alive, we would come back and kill it. So they all come back and or they all, you know, prepare to come back. And from the time they get back in town, you know, Pennywise is just messing with them. You know, even before that, when they're on their way back, he knows they're coming back. So he's already messing with them and picking at them and stuff like that. And that just, it it was good, man. It just felt like a good horror movie. To me, horror movies can a lot of times fall into the same horror movie tropes. You know, like somebody's running from the, the horror villain and they fall, you know, like when it's like, come on now, like. Everybody can't fall running away from the horror movie villain or, you know, it's like or if you have sex in the horror movie, then you're the couple that gets killed, like either during or right after sex or something like that. You know, it's like or the jump scares in a horror film, you know, you can tell because the music is building towards that jump scare. And it's like, that's cool. But it's been beat, you know, it's been beaten into the ground, man. Like nobody wants those same tropes over and over and over like you want something different and every once in a while you'll get a horror movie like this that feels different. So, you know, I really enjoyed this one. This is something like I would probably I'll probably end up buying this one for my personal collection. I have the first one. And so I'll probably buy this one. I would have to say I wouldn't be opposed if they went, you know, the rare route of doing an, an It Chapter 3, but, you know, with a whole nother set of kids or adults or whatever have you, only because I like the character Pennywise so much, and I feel like there's so much terror, you know, he can still cause with, like, you know, or like the little kids of Derry and stuff like that. So other than that, man, it was a really good movie. I really enjoyed it and just had a great time with it. And on to the second clown movie, you know, within a month, The Joker. First, let me say this. When I first heard that they were doing a Joker spinoff movie, the first question out of my mouth was, why? Why do they think that a villain, you know, from comic books would deserve a standalone movie? Now, let me fast forward to after seeing the movie. The first thing I said to my wife when we got in the car was they need to do more standalone movies <laughs> for comic book villains because this was done 
perfectly. Now, Todd Phillips, the director, came out and did say that this isn't following any particular comic book story. It's going to have some pieces of the comic books in there, a la, you know, them being in Gotham City, him being the Joker, you know, his character was a stand-up comedian. Like, it's got all these different elements to it, you know, that do kind of pull from the comic books, but it's not based off of any direct story, which is awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. That movie was so good, you know, from the story itself to the highest point of the movie, which is Joaquin Phoenix's performance as Arthur Fleck, the Joker. My God, man, like there's something to be said about actors that fully commit to the role the way he did. You know, he lost the weight. You know, he developed the mannerisms. He said he studied people who had like, you know, who had, I believe it was like psychotic issues, like study the way they laugh and stuff like that. And if you notice in the movie, he doesn't have just a, it's not like, it's not like a particular laugh that you could just do an impression of. Like, I think people can sit, you can identify Heath Ledger's Joker laugh and kind of, you know, imitate that. You can identify Jared Leto's Joker laugh and imitate that. I don't feel like I don't feel like his is as easily identifiable, you know, to to do an impression of. It's it's just such a really good laugh and it it feels like there's it's not only the laugh but it's the timing of the laughs too, like the different parts that they use the laugh in the movies. It's like it really makes you feel like this dude is crazy. He is out of his mind. Like, he's completely off his rocker, you know. And Joaquin really embodies that role. You know, I always tell people how I know a movie has, how, how an actor has, or an actress has pulled me into a performance is how soon into the movie do I no longer see that person? You know, like, say for instance, like when I watch, like, I don't know, like Fast and the Furious or something like that, you know, and I see the rock on screen well the entire time i'm basically thinking that's the rock you know yeah it's luke hobbs and all that stuff but i still am looking at him like that's the rock not with this movie when i saw this movie i want to say about maybe 10 to 20 minutes into the movie i was no longer looking at joaquin phoenix i was looking at arthur fleck on his journey to becoming a joker and this dude just really dives in, man, like into the crazy part of it. It's like it's almost you get kind of pulled into the different relationships he has with people, the relationship he has with his boss at work, to his co-workers, to everyday people on the street, to his neighbor played by Zazie Beats, to his mom and stuff like that, to the counselor he goes to see. You see these different relationships and you're like, wow, like the different interactions between all these people, you know, it kind of gives those hints of what's to come later in the film, but also you feel like this is just a regular guy. I mean, he has some issues, but he's just trying to make it, you know, and then as it's revealed later on, what happens to his character, you kind of see like, damn, those clues were there the whole time. Like this dude was crazy, you know, and that, that transformation from the beginning of the movie 
to the end of the movie when he finally becomes the Joker, you know, and the chaos that ensues out of that, it just, it really, it really captures the essence of the Joker as a character. Even though it's not like pulled from straight from the comic books, I still feel like we got a great representation of the Joker. And that made me want to see more. Like I could go for a Lex Luthor movie. You know, I wouldn't mind going for, you know, a reverse flash movie or, you know, like kind of seeing some of the main villains of some other, you know, DC heroes seeing how these villains like came to pass. I would not be surprised if DC actually went that route and did like the reverse where it's like instead of solo hero films, they did solo villain films and then had them build into conflict with these heroes that are already established like in the Justice League or something like that. That would be pretty cool to me. And it's all based off the strength of the performance of Joaquin Phoenix and that story that he, that they told you know, between him and Todd Phillips, I just felt like it was a really good movie. And I would not be surprised come Oscar time if not only is Joaquin nominated, but if he actually walks away with some hardware because he really did his thing in this one. I was very, you know, happy with his performance. And I feel like it's going to be one that I don't tag him as the best Joker, but I feel like his performance is going to be one that people enjoy for years to come like they're going to reach back to it and it may even been talked out in some acting circles you know like this may be something that you kind of use to teach in acting class because it was that good i really i really enjoyed this performance and that movie for me gets you know that gets two thumbs up definitely and i I'm, I'm i'm excited to see what they do with the character i could see a sequel coming out of it you know, and wouldn't be mad at it if they told more of his story and what happens kind of, you know, after the end of the movie. But I also wouldn't be mad if it was just a one-off and they just kind of left it at that. You know, but it was a good movie otherwise and I really enjoyed it. But being in the spirit of October, you know, Halloween is right around the corner. So I thought I'd do a little something for you guys and pull out my personal favorite Five horror movies of all time. Um, it doesn't matter whether they were good or what, you know, like where you rank them. And I'm not even putting these in any particular order. These are just five horror movies. And I actually sat down and looked at a list of horror movies and thought, which of these do I really, really, really love? You know, and and just how it, you know, how I enjoyed them over the years. So without further ado. The first one on my list is the movie Get Out by Jordan Peele. I really loved that movie when it first came out. You know, I wanted to see it because I'd heard kind of the hype beforehand about, you know, this is a really good movie. People are saying this is going to be a game changer and all this stuff. But when I actually saw it in the theater, you know, it it really just captured me. You know, it was a great screenplay. It's well acted and it's got those creepy elements to it, you know, especially being a, a young black man like myself. Like, you know, it kind of puts you in a, a, a crazy headspace, you know, when you're watching that movie. Like, man, what if it was really like that out in these streets? You know, how would I react to it? And, you know, it's just it's it's a good movie. It's, it's definitely one of those movies like you can get together with a group of people and enjoy the you know the craziness of it so 
that one's definitely on my list. The next one on my list is the original Nightmare on Elm Street. When I tell you there was nobody, no Chucky, no Jason, no Michael Myers, you know, no Pinhead, you know, no nothing outside of Freddy Krueger that could scare the absolute hell out of me. And it was all because he could get you in your sleep. You know, something about being able to get you in your dreams because you feel like in your dreams, those are your dreams. Like you control them, you do what you want in them. And then to find out there's a a villain out there who could get you in your dreams. And not only that, but he could manipulate your dreams into what he wanted because he was this dream master and he's this dream demon who could control your thoughts and stuff in your head while you're sleeping. And so that right there, I, I made the mistake of watching that movie very, very, very young. I was actually born in 1984, but I saw that movie probably when I was about like five or six. And it traumatized me for a while. You know, seeing that movie as a little kid really jacked me up. You know, you got this guy with his burnt face ugly ass sweater on, big fedora hat, and then a damn glove with knives on it. And he's chasing you in your dreams to try to kill you. And if you get killed in your dreams, you die for real. Like, it's ruined me. And then on top of that, you know, you go to some neighborhoods and there's an actual Elm Street in there. And that just scares you even more. So it's like, holy cow, you know, this guy, this, this guy could end me. You know, so as a little kid, it terrified me. But that was that, you know, that was why that was on my list right there that I love that movie. Um, I actually recently showed it to my my now 13 year old son and he (laughs) he he was pretty terrified at some of he tried to say it wasn't scary. And then immediately jumped on the opening boiler room scene, you know, so that was pretty funny right there. But the third movie on my list was Paranormal Activity. I loved this movie when it first came out. Something There's something about the found, the found footage genre that I really like. You know, when it's done right, you know, it's, it's because it just, it gives that realism to, you know, to what you're watching. You know, you can watch a, you know, a, a regular horror film, you know, where they're doing the different shots and the cuts and stuff like that. But it's something about that found footage genre where it's just like one shot and you just react to what's happening on the screen and that's it. So in a movie like this, where it's like you never actually see what the hell is after, um, you know, Katie and Micah, it's just you're you're just sitting back. And you're just reacting to things on the screen. So you see something move in the corner. And you're like, holy shit, something moved over there. And then there's the scene where like Katie is asleep. Katie and Mike are asleep. And she gets dragged out of the bed. And you can't see what the hell is dragging her. Like, I remember being in the theater. And people like, there were women in there crying. There were like, people covering their eyes. And, you know, I just remember the marketing for this movie it was like part of the trailer and then part of it was reaction shots from the crowd and people jumping and being so terrified in the crowd. I was like, dude, I got to see this shit. And I remember going open at night and people just leaving the theater crying, man. 
and being so terrified of that movie. I loved it. I thought it was one of the best horror movies I had ever seen. And that brings me to my next one on my list, Saw, the original Saw. When that first came out, I didn't catch it in theaters because I, you know, I hadn't really seen much on it at the time. But I did see it when it came out on DVD. And I remember watching this on DVD and being blown away at the plot twist at the end and thinking that was one of the best damn movie plot twists I've ever seen. And just the horror element of it, of, you know, it's that being locked in a room, chained up with no way out, no way to like, you know, escape or whatever. And then being told, I want you to play a game. Like, it's like you, you react to that and you're just scared as hell like man who in the hell is on the other end of this damn speaker what do they want me to do why am i even here and as the story's told throughout the movie it's just great man to see like the reveals of the characters how they all tie in together together and then the reveal at the end is one of the greatest horror twists ever with dude being there in the room with him the entire time just out on the floor you know that was awesome right there and really earned its way onto my favorites list and then my last one another one from Wes Craven Scream when this movie came out I remember you know there was so much buzz about the slasher genre coming back because it had died off for a long time it had been watered down by you know a lot of bad sequels to big franchises and so when this one came out it was something original it gave us a new slasher to be scared of and you know in Ghostface and then, you know, that that one had a good twist at the end, too, with the reveal of the, the two killers. And, you know, it, and it's also got some pretty funny dialogue in there. And all the actors in there did a really great job. And it just makes it really memorable, you know, for me. And I just I really enjoy like. That whole whodunit sort of aspect It's like the killer's there the whole time. You don't know who it is, but you're playing guessing games all the way up to the end. I like those types of movies. And Scream may be the best example of that. The beginning of it when, um, you know, when Drew Barrymore gets killed in the beginning of the movie is perhaps one of the best horror movie openings that I've ever seen. You know, I remember being in the theater for that one and people being like terrified and, you know, like girls actually screaming out, you know, with her mom when, when Drew Barrymore's mom pulls up to the house and sees her hanging in the tree like... I remember like a lady screaming in the theater like it was just it was crazy, man. And then the reveal at the end of it being the two guys, you know, that was awesome right there. I, I really enjoyed that. So those are my five movies, man. You know, hit me up, man. Tell me some of your five favorite horror movies. You know, if you agree with my list, if you like some of the ones on my list, if you hate my list, you know, let your boy know, man. But I, you know, that that's my five right there. But on to some some other news while we're on the subject of television and some um, some movies and stuff like that. In about a little less than a month, man, we're going to get blessed. Old Mickey Mouse himself is going to bless us with Disney Plus, their streaming service coming from Disney. And man, they are dropping a buttload of stuff on there. Day one is going to be huge. They're going to have movies. They're going to have TV shows. 
They're going to have stuff from Fox, stuff from Pixar, stuff from Marvel, stuff from Disney, some Star Wars stuff on there. It's just so much on there. So much content to take in. I already told my wife we're buying a year subscription straight up. You know, it's going to pay for itself within a month or two easily based off of how many movies my daughter will watch by herself, how many movies I'm going to watch by myself, because I intend to have Disney Plus on every device that I own, and we're just going to take it all in, man. You know, Netflix, you you cost too much. You're going to have to cut your price in order to compete. Otherwise, you're just going to have to slowly die off. I mean, you got some good content on there, but it's just not enough to compete with Disney, my friend. Hulu is going to be under the Disney banner, so I assume there's going to be some package where you get Hulu grouped in or something like that. So I'll be looking forward to that and adding that in. You know, this could be the death of cable television as we know it, man. I just don't think live TV is going to be a thing for much longer the way it's going, except for maybe sports or whatever. And that's unless these damn sports networks start streaming their stuff. In which case, I could see people losing it. Like, why would you charge to watch sports or whatever? But I could see it happening, man. But Disney Plus, they, at that price point and at the amount of content they're delivering, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a huge head start on the competition, man. And I could see them sinking a lot of ships along the way. But I'm here for it. Disney, you got my dollars. You know, I'm, I'm in it for Marvel alone, and then you throw in the rest of the stuff. It's just bonus for me. So enjoy my monies. Do whatever you will with it because it's a coming. But fall television is back, man. So in the meantime, I'm going to watch my shows. I got some shows I'm excited for. You got Jack Ryan is going to be up on Amazon Prime on November 1st, season two. Season one was very good, very underrated. And I really hope that some people you know, take that show in because I need that one to stay on. It was really good. And John Krasinski, who's on fire right now, is doing a hell of a job on that show. Um, then you got the CW shows, you know, the Flash, Supergirl, Batwoman and Arrow are all on, you know, now. And I'm a huge fan of all those superhero shows and I follow them real, you know, I follow them real heavy and I'm always into them and want to see like what's going on on those shows and following the storylines and you kind of have to watch all of them, you know, in order to get ready for the big crossover this year, the biggest one they've ever done, the crisis on infinite earths, which I believe it starts airing around December time frame, you know, but I'm, I'm excited for that one. And I'm just trying to stay, make sure I stay on track and follow everything, you know, along the way that way I can go ahead and be caught up when it starts and come December time. And then, you know, if you're a big wrestling fan like I am, then you have been tuning in to the AEW premiere and their battle with WWE NXT. Those two shows right there, if you're a wrestling fan, are must-see television. Every single Wednesday night, I have a laptop open right in front of the TV because I'm watching both. I'm streaming one and I'm watching the other one can you know right next to each other and i'm trying to see what's going on the the wrestling on them is so good it's some of the best wrestlers in the world and i'm here for this war as long as it's going to last because right now it is a full-blown war and these guys are 
performing at a high level, a very high level. So I'm here for that, man. But other than that, that's all I'm really tuning in on TV right now. Still watching my football when it comes on. NBA is coming back next week, so I'm very excited for that. I'll be I'll be on the elliptical right there watching the games like I you know like I usually do, trying to trying to stay in shape and all that and use that motivation while I can. But other than that, man, I'm just chilling out here doing life. I plan on dropping another podcast this week. I think I'm gonna talk some more games with you guys. I got some some video games I've been excited about, so I'll be coming at you a little bit later this week with some of those games that I'm talking about, especially. Now that we're almost on the eve of the release of Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, I'm, I'm ready for that. So look forward to that podcast coming on in a few days. So that's about it, man. I'm This has been another D-High episode. You know what to do, man. Hit your boy up on Twitter, D-D-High on Twitter.com, D-D-High podcast on Facebook.com. The D High on Instagram. Give your boy a follow, man. Come see what the Ugg Mug look like, you know. Come follow your boy and see what's going on over there. I'll have a um I actually have the D High Instagram page, which is just my personal page, but I plan on starting a podcast page here real soon just to kind of, you know, have something separate from my personal page. That way fans can interact and all that stuff. And it's like not all on my family pictures and stuff like that. But you know, if if you're interested, man, hit your boy up, but hit me up. You got questions, ddhigh at gmail.com. Send them questions in, man. I check my email multiple times throughout the day, and if any questions come in, man, I will definitely answer them on the podcast. You know, hell, I'll dedicate a whole episode to answering questions if I need to, but I'll answer any questions you guys send in. Rate your boy on iTunes, man, so I can give me some more followers going, but This has been another episode of the D-High Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. I'm D-High, and I'm...